Hello, hello, my name's Tommy, and I am delighted to welcome you to Podcast Assemble. Now, there is so much content out there in cinemas, alongside on streaming, and only so many hours in the day. I mean, 65 with Adam Driver is only flopping right now because of Creed Chapter 3 and John Wick 4, right? Right? Well, it's bloody hard to know what should get your valuable attention. So I created this series where I watched the first episode of A Thing, so you don't have to. Based somewhat loosely at this point, off the initial impression, I tell you if you should watch it or not. That's it. It's that simple. Let's just pretend I'm not being a little reductive. If you're a fan of The Mandalorian, or hell, even Star Wars, much like myself, for a start, why not drop this video a like? But in that case, you've probably already seen the opening episodes of the third season of Din Djarin's Adventures already. However, if you're a little behind, or are simply hanging out on the fence for the initial reviews to come in, this might be the video for you. In case you decided to jump straight into season three without any background, firstly, ballsy move. I commend that. That was a ballsy move. The Mandalorian is a space western series set in the Star Wars universe. The story follows a lone bounty hunter known as the Mandalorian. Roll credits. As he travels around the galaxy with his mysterious creature known as Baby Yoda. I uh, mean the child. Who we later found out was actually called Grogu. It's so dumb. Oh, it's so dumb, it's brilliant. No! Mando was initially hired to retrieve the little merchandising cash cow, but decides to protect him instead. Can see why. Huh? No, 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 the red one. Show me the red wire. The red one. The series explores the Mandalorian's adventures as he navigates a dangerous world of bounty hunting, while also trying to uncover the truth about the child's origins and keeping out of the hands of those who seek to exploit his powers. Now, Disney's track record with the galaxy far, far away is polarizing, to say the very least. Let the heat flow through you. However, over the first two seasons of the Pedro Pascal starring galaxy-spanning epic, for the most part, the House of Mouse seems to have nailed it. Finding a different direction to the galaxy-spanning story, but on a smaller, more personal scale. Even if Disney hadn't announced the third season, it was pretty much guaranteed based on the fact they managed to turn about half of the book of Boba Fett's show into extending Mando's adventures. If that makes no sense, go check our episode on the Book of Boba Fett series on Podcast Assemble Our Podcast, which I've linked below. I'll wait. So with that in mind, I watched the first episode of the third season of The Mandalorian. Let's talk about if you should too. And this is a non-spoiler review. As I mentioned, if you're a big Mando fan, but never got around to watching the Boba Fett show, the opening of the new season might be somewhat confusing. I don't get it. The previous season ended on a bittersweet note, with Grogu heading off, leaving Mando, to train as a Jedi, with none other than the legendary Luke Skywalker himself, and the Mandalorian taking his own path to restore his honor. But the show totally ignores the half-Delorean, as I like to call it, where, in the second half of the Book of Boba Fett show, Disney executives clearly got cold feet about the direction the show was taking and returned to Jin's story to reunite him with his cute-ass sidekick. Clearly, for some reason, someone did not want these two being apart for too long. Oh yeah, it was probably money. Yeah, money was probably the reason why. But as I say, if you don't have time to watch every morsel of Disney content, I can see why you'd be scratching your head. The first episode follows our favourite reluctant father figure and child combo since... 
Joel and Ellie from The Last of Us, or Kratos and Atreus in God of War, or Hopper and Ellie in Stranger Things. You get where I'm going with this? Current zeitgeist tropes aside, we're thrust back into Mando's quest for redemption from his weird cult after exposing himself to a child. And without context, boy does that sound wrong. But I have been touched by your kids. And I'm pretty sure I've touched them. Side note, this does beg a strange question though. If Mandalorians can't actually look at each other, on what basis do they choose partners to procreate? Just food for thought. Din must return to the Mandalorian home planet, ironically named Mandalore, and bathe in the living waters. Sounds easy, right? Well, along the way we can expect hijinks and exciting new bad guys to deal with for a large team-up in the final episode. Pedro Pascal, or at least his voice, is back for the third season. I feel like I'm talking a lot about Pedro Pascal recently, continuing to inject the show with his brand of daddy charisma, hereto unseen. Pedro Starr has been on a meteoric rise of late, much of which can be attributed to his turn as a titular Mandalorian. Though, not entirely. He's an absolute favourite of mine, and is so very memeable. One of the things that makes the show so bingeable is its reversal of the classic hero trope. Mando is by trade a mercenary, and is by no means the standard light side hero. The Darksaber is pretty much the perfect weapon for him. Joining Pedro, among others, are of course his child counterpart Grogu, his adorable adoptive son. Tell the show, the character has been through his own rather more subtle arc, and we're very interested to see where this season takes the youngling. We also have some further familiar faces in the returning Carl Weathers, Grief Karga, who got a promotion to High Magistrate. Good for you, Grief. Good for you. Also, we visit Katie Sakov's Bo-Katan. Now, I'm no cynic. But if prior seasons are anything to go by, early season postulating is simply to remind the audience of the friends Din has at his disposal for when a larger threat appears and needs to call in a favour or two to get out of a bind. Speaking of, we also introduced to Gorman Shard, a pirate captain who helped grief Karga previously, possibly splitting the High Magistrate's loyalties and setting him up to be a thorn in Mando's side. How cool are pirates, by the way? Overall, I like the character work in the show. One minor complaint I have is that it is at times a little overacted. There are times that the tone or direction of a character we have on screen simply doesn't match the scene or is tonally inconsistent. I did not hit her. It's not true. It's bullshit. I did not hit her. I did not. Oh, hi, Mark. Though let's be honest, how on earth is anyone supposed to react to a, a Mandalorian who you literally can't see their reactions? Overall, I'm genuinely intrigued to know how the season progresses. Are we finally going to reach a breaking point where Din Djarin has called in one too many favours? Could one of the broader players in the story finally be getting sick of his never-ending cycle of making the wrong enemy? Well, at this point, not a lot. Oh, you're expecting more, righto. The thing which kept me, much like a lot of fans, coming back for more Mandalorian, you know, alongside its core reluctant father figure relationship, and the fact that compared to other Star Wars media, it's relatively easy to digest, is that to this point, the show has effectively followed a monster of the week motif. Now, often this can be stigmatized, but much like a ton of your favorite shows, including the likes of Buffy the Vampire Slayer or Supernatural, in this case, to be honest, it's a bit of a breath of fresh air. 
A problem amplified by Disney Plus's serialized extension to the Marvel Cinematic Universe. At times, their TV shows felt more like a movie that just had a little too much content to be condensed into a two-hour runtime. Take Hawkeye's six-episode run, for example. Now, I for one had a lot of fun with the show when it came out. We're having fun, right? However, it was quite disjointed. With content stretched increasingly thinly over each episode's runtime, and at its worst, it felt like a glorified introduction to a couple of new generation characters. And don't get me started on the book of Boba Fett. In contrast, each episode of The Mandalorian has a classic three-act structure. A beginning, a middle, and an end. And though in many ways, yes, they do feed into a larger narrative, it never feels like you couldn't just jump in at any point. Utilizing a healthy mix of episodic and serialized content makes the show way more digestible and diverse. To be frank, this is one of the reasons why the additional content in the Book of Boba Fett show not being included is so damn jarring. Though I do think bringing Mando and Grogu back together effectively off-screen could be a little confusing for the casual viewer, it does have the resulting benefit of the show kicking straight off into the main quest. As a fan of the first two seasons, and with Pedro Pascal's draw being bigger than ever, expectations are running extra high for the John Favreau Helm show. Though, as with the prior seasons, the first episode gave no indication that this was going to be any different from what we've seen before. And that in no way is a bad thing. As I've discussed, the show does a lot of things right. And it seems John Favreau has a really interesting take on the Star Wars universe. However, don't be surprised if this show ends with a big shootout in which the Mandalorian calls in a bunch of favors from unlikely allies to overcome whichever threat has been most prominent throughout the season. I personally am most interested to see when the creative team will break away from the comfort of the established format and do something that shakes the show up a little. My podcast co-host DL has a theory about Grogu becoming the ultimate villain of the piece. See where you took the blue one off? Yes. Now, put the red one. No, don't, don't put the- Which would certainly ruffle a few feathers. But should you, yes you, watch it? Heck yeah! If the Mandalorian's badassery isn't enough to pull you back, surely Grogu's cuteness is. So go watch it! I'm uh, open to catchphrase recommendations at this point. But what we want to know is, what do you think? Did the previous series make you want to come back for more? Do you think the show will touch on the same beats as previous iterations or deliver its first departure? Let us know in the comments below and we love it when you keep it civil. And while you're there, feel free to drop us a like, share and subscribe. Linked below is also our website www.podcastassemble.com where you can find our podcast, Podcast Assemble, and a heck of a lot more. Why not join us for more geek content? Thanks for popping by guys. Tally ho!